Alhamdulillah, we are very uh, fortunate and, and uh, honored to have uh, visiting us from Connecticut, uh, Peter Friedrich. Uh, Peter Friedrich has written four books, multiple articles, appeared on many news stations, uh, and he is a uh, award-winning journalist who has just released a book, uh, Saffron America, India's Hindu Nationalist Project at Work in the United States. This has literally just come out literally a few weeks ago, fresh off the press. It is the only book, it is available outside in a while, inshallah. It is the only book that details uh, the effects of RSS and BJP and its affiliate organizations here in America. He's done extensive research in this regard, and we're very fortunate and honored to have him. So welcome to our mosque, Peter. Thank you for hosting me. Assalamu alaikum to you and to, to everybody else. I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much. Peter, I want to ask a personal question before I get to the generics. Obviously, a lot of us are going to be wondering, Peter Friedrich, um, obviously you're not from India, or you're assuming you're not from India. Not These days you can't make any assumptions about anything apparently, but we're assuming you are not born and raised in India. So what caused you to take an interest in this? And here you are written books and articles on this and you're now one of the foremost experts in this particular niche. So how did that come about? Well, um, I began uh, on this issue, uh, born and raised in California actually. Um, about 17 years ago, I uh, had the opportunity to meet some people of Indian origin, especially Sikhs and, and Dalits initially. Mm and became friends with them. My grandfather was a journalist um, and I'd always been interested in that. And as I met these people from India, um, I began hearing their stories of, of things prior to uh, Hindu nationalism and meeting survivors of genocide, people who had been tortured by police, people whose parents had been murdered in India, uh, became fascinated with it, became really, um, it really moved my heart. Um, and I began writing about it and since then 17 years later I've continued focusing on issues related to human rights in India the foremost one of which today is Hindu nationalism I find that very interesting like basically just interacting with people who had been Tortured who had lived, you know second third class citizenships the Dalits of India and you felt so motivated You basically dedicated much of your life to just researching and and uncovering uh, this reality. So um, hats off to you that really shows uh, uh, courage it shows um, uh, a moral sense of justice and 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 I'm really happy to, to hear that you have actually just released this book and hopefully with uh, you know um, it has been it has been uh, endorsed by many top-ranking uh, intellectuals and hopefully inshallah within a few weeks I hope uh, we're gonna start hearing some prizes that this book gets because this is literally brand new by the way a few weeks old so we hope inshallah very soon uh, this type of information will be widely available to the public now I'm gonna ask you for those of us who are still not fully aware of the reality of RSS what exactly is RSS what is the BJP what is Hindutva if you can summarize for us there's still some of us who probably are not fully familiar with this reality the, the RSS is an almost 100-year-old paramilitary which advocates an ideology of Hindu nationalism and their goal is basically to turn India into a Hindu nation because they believe that India is and always uh, must be, always has been a nation of Hindus and only for Hindus. And so specifically within that paradigm, they hate and they want to exterminate from the country religious minorities, which particularly include Christians and Muslims. Yeah. And um, they're 100 years old, um, but 
They uh, are the head of a family of, of organizations which advocate the same Hindu nationalist or Hindutva ideology, which includes the BJP, the political party, which has been in power in India for the past nine years since 2014. Mm -hmm. So under the BJP, the RSS's political wing in India, the situation for the past nine years has increasingly gone from bad to worse to now catastrophic. And I just had the privilege today of meeting, for instance, the father of a uh, re renowned, uh, 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 fantastic young Muslim scholar from India, uh, Omar Khalid. His father, Dr. Elias, is here. Uh, he's going to be speaking at the Indian American Muslim uh, Council's convention this weekend. Um, he exemplifies what's happening there in India. Uh, his son was arbitrarily arrested, been rotting in jail for three years now without charges because he was organizing protests as a Muslim against these new laws which have been put in place in, in India which strip uh, proper uh, citizenship of, of Muslims um, against the situation which has arisen under the RSS BJP which I could delve into deeply but basically is one of extreme authoritarianism where Every religious minority of Christian and Muslim background, but also including now Sikhs and others, yeah. Dalits, and even, even dissenting Hindus who support secularism and pluralism, they're all in the crosshairs, they're all under threat, they're all living in fear as India's become the world's largest fascist state at this point. So the irony of irony is RSS is only 100 years old. And of course, many of us, including myself, our roots go back to that land. And our roots go back 1,350 years. And in fact, I gave a sermon uh, earlier this year in which I highlighted um, uh, the role of Islam in India and the, the um, lies that the BJP and the RSS is stating that Islam is alien to India. Fact of the matter is modern India and the culture of India and the language of India would not be what it is today without the influence of Muslims. We have been an integral part of India for the last 1,300 years. And in my sermon I said something. I want to jump it off of you. I want you to comment on it whether you agree or disagree. In my sermon I mentioned that in fact the Nazi party of Germany had links with the founders of the RSS. The RSS and the Nazi party of Germany were contemporaneous, 1920s, and there seems to be some relationship between the two. I mentioned that on my sermon. You're the academic expert on this, so why don't you comment a little bit? Was there an actual relationship, and how do you see far-right fascism overall globally, the right-wing nationalist, you know, wed with religious ideology around the globe? How is that linked to uh, Hindutva and RSS and BJP? Well, absolutely, uh, that is accurate. Um, the RSS was uh, inspired by and even had some interactions with those original European fascists in Italy and, the, of course, the Nazis in Germany. And I think in order to understand why India has become such a, a nightmare situation today um, and where Muslims are being pushed to the brink of genocide, where Christians are not far behind, especially with what's happening in the, in the state of Manipur right now, we have to understand that fascist origins of the RSS BJP. So to briefly summarize a, a couple of points, yes, the Nazis, the Italian fascists, and the RSS were all founded in the 1920s, contemporaneous with each other. And as they were being founded, the godfathers, the, the, the founding fathers of the RSS looked over to those European fascists and took inspiration from them, 
praised a lot of the things that they were doing in terms, for instance, of what they were doing with laying the laws for the precursors to the Holocaust and conducting pogroms against the Jewish people in Germany. Um, in terms, for instance, of the uh, forefathers of the RSS stating that they were seeing what the Nazis were doing to the Jews and that they thought that Indian Muslims should be treated the same way. Even founding uh, fathers of the RSS actually going over to Italy and meeting Mussolini and then coming back and praising his fascist movement and saying that the RSS should be just like that, mo wanting to model themselves after, the, after those fascists. I mean, that is absolutely terrifying. The actual founding fathers of RSS are praising Hitler and Mussolini. They're interacting with these organizations and now their intellectual descendants are in charge of one of the largest quote-unquote democracies of the world, which is now running Amok, as we can see. Yes. God protect us all. Um, Another question I have for you, and this is something you've studied uh, immensely in this book. Is it true to say that RSS and Hindutva is not only interested in Indian Muslims, rather it is interested in spreading hatred against Islam globally? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and I mean, we only have to look at the videos that are emerging every single day from India where there are these giant halls, hundreds, thousands of people packed into halls to listen to these Hindu nationalist demagogues, people who are oftentimes uh, there um, being supported by, the, by elected officials from the BJP. And what they're doing is they're issuing calls, oath-taking ceremonies, calls to economically boycott, socially boycott, and eliminate Muslims. And they don't say Muslims in India. What they do say is they say in so many words that we want to eradicate Islam from the globe. The Hindutva Hindu nationalist movement in, in, in India, it's safe to say, is the largest Islamophobic threat in the world right now. Not just, however, because they want to eliminate 200 million Muslims from India, but also because their goal is to eradicate Islam from the globe. And I myself have seen online, in the online world, uh, Indian, you know, trolls getting involved in any type of Islamic debate that has nothing to do with India. And they're always propping up the other side. They're always helping the other side, sometimes even financially, which leads me to my next question. A lot of us think here we are in America. They have nothing to do with us. They're not affecting us. Your entire book of 400 pages, 500 pages, your entire book is about Saffron America, the impact of the BJP in American politics on American soil. So can you dispel this myth that, well, who cares, they're far away, they're not affecting us here in America? Well, thank you for bumping me up a little bit. It's actually not, it's only 370 pages. Sorry, okay. Um, but I could have written a whole lot more on this topic. You're right. Um, I, I probably could write two to three times as much on this topic. Okay. The RSS is in America. The RSS is, is in our backyard here in the DFW region, uh, deeply embedded here. Um, and when I say that, I mean that this family of Hindu nationalist organizations of which the RSS in India is the head, they have direct corollaries in America, including, I'll just name one at the moment, including a particular organization known as the HSS. HSS. HSS, which according to the HSS, the HSS is, is the RSS's US wing. And it maintains direct contact with the RSS back in India. It's routinely bringing RSS leaders 
uh, over to America to tour around and, and spread Hindu nationalist propaganda. The HSS, according to their own words, in this country, they have 230 chapters across the whole nation. In Texas, they have 30. In DFW, they have 10. 10 chapters of the same organization spread around this one city. 10 chapters. And what is the goal of the HSS? What does it want to do exactly? Well, it wants to, I would say it has a threefold goal. Um, it serves as a support base for the regime back in India in terms of doing things like allegedly their leaders and members and people that run in HSS circles sending a lot of money back there, but definitely um, sending people back there to, do, to work as, do things like work as campaign workers to get the BJP elected in India. So here in Texas, for instance, we've had HSS leadership um, organize people to go back to India, mostly American citizens, to go get the BJP elected back there. So that's, that's one, support base. Two is controlling the narrative about what's happening in India and controlling that narrative here in America. A couple of ways. One, one way they try to control the narrative is by spreading their propaganda, by uh, spreading um, the idea that Modi is, Modi is God's gift to mankind for the world, um, that sort of thing, but, and, and also spreading their Hindu nationalist propaganda within the community, but also by going after anybody that's raising dissent, that's raising these issues and drawing awareness to what's really happening and to the human rights crisis which has unfolded there. One example being, for instance, the HSS leadership went after uh, Rashida, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib a couple of years ago and tried to, uh, unsuccessfully, thank God, but tried to unseat her because she's been so outspoken about what's happening there. And they also, these groups, have gone after any attempt in US Congress multiple attempts, uh, different bills, to raise awareness, uh, to pass a resolution uh, of condemning human rights violations uh, over there. They've also, when US Congress in the past one to two year was trying to pass an anti-Islamophobia act, the people that, one of, some of the only people in America who were lobbying against it were people from these groups. So that's, that control the narrative. And then three, last one, get their people into positions of power and they have been doing that at the local, state, and federal level, trying to get people that are HSS associates or sympathizers, people that support the Hindu nationalist uh, ideology, uh, people that will whitewash what Modi is doing in India, trying to get those people elected. There have been multiple of them. There's some in Congress right now. There's one who's, who's lieutenant governor, the high, second highest rank, the lieutenant governor in the state of Maryland. They've even recently, uh, outside of elected office um, in the past year, they've gotten three people who are directly associated with these groups into positions as advisors to the Department of Homeland Security, which I'm on Muslim, but I don't know, you know, if, if I were Muslim, having people that are members of the RSS in America or have participated in it that, and in a homeland security position, especially with what we've seen in the past 20 years and the targeting of, of Muslim communities and the Islamophobia that has had to be combated so, so, so systematically, that would scare me.
So again, as an American Muslim, to hear that an Islamophobic entity is permeating through our entire system, it is affecting every single election from the local to the federal, from congressmen to senators, from governors, lieutenant governors, from judges. E even up to people running for president. Yes, we are seeing people running for president that are making statements it is as if it is coming out of a BJP spokesperson, and they are not BJP spokesperson, but are they with all of this involvement? And it's truly terrifying. And again, I mean, I'm preempting it. I'm going to be giving a sermon soon. We are more in number and more powerful, and yet we're so apolitical. We have to really look at the realities of what's going on. This organization is hurting and harming us at every single level, and they're doing so. And it's not even an Indian issue anymore. It's an Islam issue. They're, they're targeting Islamophobic bills, trying to pass Islamophobic bills, targeting anti-Islamophobic bills. Um, so one other question I have before I get to the Israeli, uh, the Israeli uh, connection here. Mm. One other quick uh, question I have is that, is there an actual threat to safety for us here in America? Are there any risks of them inciting violence here in America? I wouldn't have said this a couple of years ago, generally, but yes, very much so, even to the point that I'm wondering if I should be watching my own back. You have felt threatened. I have felt threatened. And I'll just, I'll highlight a couple of things. So there's, there's threats of intimidation. In terms, for instance, if we saw this in New Jersey last year at an India Day parade, where marching in front was a HSS contingent, marching behind was, was a contingent of, of the uh, US wing of the BJP. In the middle was a bulldozer yeah. with Modi's picture on it. And the bulldozer today represents, as many people have said, for Indian Muslims, it represents what African-Americans feel when they see a noose. Yeah. So intimidation. It represents death threats against academics and scholars. There have been attempts to shut down academic conferences about Hindutva, and attempts which include massive waves of threats of death and rape against those participating. To, to the extent that it's, it's caused some of those participants to actually mm -hmm. drop out. And we're talking about American professors at American institutions hosting conferences on American soil. And on American soil. And here also on American soil, we're talking just in the past couple of years about these groups bringing over to tour around this country speakers from India who were involved in doing things like, for instance, inciting the mob demolition of the Babri Masjid, the historic Babri Masjid back in 1992, which when that demolition occurred, that sparked off massacres of Muslims around Northern thousands India. Thousands were killed, yeah. Yes, thousands were killed. One of the people that was responsible for inciting that was brought over to tour around this country just last year by these groups. Other similar, similar speakers that spout hate, and when I say hate, I don't just mean, I mean calls for genocide. Other similar speakers have, have also in the past couple of years been brought over to tour around this country. And then beyond that, a couple of, of other ways. One is we're beginning to see what appears to be surveilling, surveilling of anti-Hindutva protests. I witnessed this personally in DC in June this year where I participated in a protest against Modi when he came. And people came up to me, Indians, saying, this guy over here who's, in what, who's a leader in these groups, he's surveilling us. And then I went, I asked around as a journalist, and people told me that he'd been similarly doing the things that the day before. Surveillance, 
threats to journalists as far as uh, going all the way to the White House. When Modi was here, he took one question from an American journalist, an, uh, from a Muslim woman, Simran Siddiqui, I believe her name is, as a result of her asking him a question about human rights in India, she faced a wave of hatred, an onslaught of death threats, an American journalist asking questions at the White House. And then now we're seeing two last things. One video just emerged a couple of days ago of up in Chicago area yep. of somebody who appears to have links to this whole Hindu, American Hindu nationalist movement, young teenager who seems to have been radicalized, Hindu teenager, burning a Quran. Mm -hmm. The last thing is, and this came out just a few weeks ago, and many of you have probably heard of this because it's made global news, is that Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau mm -hmm. came out, put his neck on the line to yeah. make this allegation, came out on the on the floor of parliament and said that they believe that the Modi regime was behind the assassination of a Canadian citizen on Canadian soil. And since that has been raised, now afterwards the FBI news has emerged. The FBI here in America has approached several other American citizens and warned them that they believe there are threats to their lives. And so for myself, because I've tried deliberately to make myself the biggest pain, the biggest thorn in the side of the Modi regime and of their supporters here in America that I can. And I know that the Modi regime knows who I am because Delhi police named me in a press conference two years ago on camera saying I am on the radar of Indian intelligence services. For me, that leaves me, glory to God, and come what will, his will be done. But that leaves me wondering if I should be watching my back. May God protect you and all those who are standing for truth and justice. It's, you're doing a very, very brave job by highlighting the reality of this regime and their pernicious campaign to physically intimidate and harm Americans who are simply trying to preach the truth. Much more can be said. I'm going to finish off with one uh, question that's very pertinent and relevant. But before I do, uh, quickly, obviously, the book will be available outside. And Peter is going to be outside as well for more questions and to, to, to purchase his book. Also, um, this weekend, there will be uh, a conference. IAMC is doing uh, its conference. Uh, over 22 speakers will be speaking about uh, this reality. It will be this Saturday. Uh, the flyer is outside. I, too, was invited. You know, I always love to attend these things. Unfortunately, I'm not to available this weekend, but I would have come. My spirit and my du'as are with the convention, uh, but Sheikh Omar Suleiman will be here and uh, Professor Khalid Baidun, uh, um, of course Peter as well, and uh, 20, over 20 speakers are going to be here on, uh, on Saturday, uh, so make sure that you attend this uh, convention. But final question, because it's relevant to um, you know, what's going on right now. Uh, a lot of people think what's happening in Palestine and Israel is one dilemma, one problem, what's happening in India is another problem. Hmm. But Many people know there's a connection. You have studied this connection. Can you tell us the connection between the genocidal BJP and the apartheid Zionist regime in the Middle East? Yeah, that's a fascinating question. And there is some connection. I mean, obviously, one of the connections is that Hindu nationalism and Zionism are both religious nationalist ideologies which advocate one nation, one religion and which want to make a particular religion the basis for that country. And for, for that reason, you know, they have a lot in common.
Netanyahu and Modi are what's known in South Asia as bye-bye. Bye-bye. They're, they're best friends, they're, they're buddies, they're brother-brother. Um, there's a reason for that. Um, India, in particular, has a lot to gain from Zionism being protected. If India wants to become a Hindu nation, a Hindu nationalist, and remain a Hindu nationalist government. So, for instance, I would argue that most of it is India, the Hindu nationalist regime of India, looking to the Zionist regime in Israel. It's, it's less, of, less of Israel looking towards India. What the Modi regime has been doing, for instance, is uh, just in 2019, um, we had here again on American soil, um, a, a slip of the tongue, if you will, where a senior diplomat, Indian diplomat in the US was at an event and he openly said that their goal in Kashmir, Muslim majority Kashmir, which had just then been annexed, that their goal there was to implement, in his words, the Israeli model. Yes, very profound Freudian slip of the tongue that betrayed what is in their hearts. Exactly, exactly. You can't always hide what's in your heart. Mm -hmm. Now, beyond that, Kashmir is in particular, the soldiers occupying Kashmir have been frequently, over the past several years, been being trained by Israeli uh, military, arm, uh, Israeli armed forces. The IDF. The IDF has been training Indian soldiers who are engaged in the occupation of Kashmir. I need you all to understand and memorize this point. Israeli military, paramilitary forces are sent to India to train how to quell Kashmiri resistance, torture them, to jail them, to do their entire occupation regime. It's direct training. This is well known, and again, it's all exposed. So, that's, so, yeah. so, so two points. One is, this goes back to the origins of Hindutva back in the 1920s and the 1930s. Those founding fathers of Hindu nationalism that I talked about, at the time, before Israel became a state, in the 30s, they were looking at Zionism and they were praising it. They were praising it because they saw Zionism as a justification for their model of Hindu nationalism in India. This one nation, one, one religion, type of a situation. Now, they weren't, they weren't praising it so much specifically, however, because they supported the Jewish people, but because they, they believed, because this is a complicated situation, because we, at the outset, we're talking about how RSS, BJP, Hindu nationalism has these fascist Nazi connections. They're equal opportunity. They'll, they want to be fascist and they'll take inspiration from the fascists, but if they can get something from the Zionists, including that, the, that Zionism helps them to justify Hindu nationalism, they'll take that. And they'll take, ironic. They'll take whatever else Israel will give them. Relationships with the Nazis and with Zionism at the same time. How ironic and... And last thing is on, on this question is that that's, that's the past. Present day is that we're seeing Mutual admiration, especially among groups here in America, and mutual collaboration among Zionist and Hindu nationalist groups. We're seeing them frequently hosting events together. Now with the current situation in Palestine, we're seeing them coming out and with, with statements 
in, in support, backing up what the, what the Zionist regime is doing there, backing up Netanyahu uh, unconditionally. Um, and we're seeing the same thing present day with Hindu nationalist ideologues and with the Modi regime back in India. Mm. Truly terrifying. Peter, I could spend many, many hours talking with you. Um, unfortunately, we do have to wrap it up, uh, but I genuinely pray. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you for your courage, for your standing up to truth and justice. You honestly uh, are an inspiration to so many of us. You didn't have to do this. This is not particularly your culture, your people, anything, but you just had an interest and one thing led to another and you still are getting threats, but you're still writing. And despite the threats, you released this book a few weeks ago and it's now available on Amazon, but you don't need to get it from Amazon. You can get it outside in our, in our masjid. So I genuinely first admire your courage. And secondly, as a, a believer, and I know you're also a believer in God, genuinely pray that God protects you and God blesses you and God allows you to continue to do the service for all of humanity. It's a genuine pleasure and honor and I hope our paths will cross again soon. Thank, Thank you, you God bless. Thank you. With that, inshallah, you can meet him outside and you can uh, get the book and also uh, our brother, inshallah, will also be here about the convention, inshallah. Thank you very much. إِنَّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَالْمُسْلِمَاتِ وَالْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ وَالْقَانِتِينَ وَالْقَانِتَاتِ وَالصَّادِقِينَ وَالصَّادِقَاتِ وَالصَّابِرِينَ وَالصَّابِرَاتِ وَالْخَاشِعِينَ وَالْخَاشِعَاتِ والخاشعين والخاشعات والمتصدقين والمتصدقات والصائمين والصائمات والحافظين فروجهم والحافظات والذاكرين الله كثيرا والذاكرات أعد الله لهم مغفرة وأجرا عظيما